fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely. It's always beautiful to be here, and I'm going to tell you today, folks, we always start with gratitude. Today, I am grateful for people who speak the truth. And we have a great special guest today. His name is Adam Rowland. He is one of the unfortunate souls who's been severely injured by the shots, the damn shots. You know what I call them, those damn shots. And he's going to share his story with us and what it's actually like going through a healing process the challenges of it, the immense challenges, the the psychological challenges, the emotional, the spiritual challenges, the physical challenges. He's going to share that with you so you get an insight into it. And he's also going to share with you in the third segment some hope of how he's been getting some windows here and there of, of for, and reward for the work that he's putting in, that we're figuring things out. In the last segment, folks, we're going to talk a lot about a very important topic you have to get educated on, you have to know about. We're going to talk about the connection between interferon and the production of pseudouridine, something that we have should have been banging the drum on from day one. And I'm, I'm beside myself that there are people in this movement who have expertise on pseudouridine that haven't been banging it. And I will tell you point blank, Judy Mikovits, Dr. Judy Mikovits isn't one of them. She's been trying to get us to understand the incredible importance of all this and its role in signaling and cell signaling and everything. And I just am just beside myself that we haven't made this a bigger issue, but we're on it now. And I've told everybody that I'm going to have some updates within the next four days. So it's not going to be in time for this show, but we're going to educate you on pseudouridine and some, a little bit of hope on what we're, the preliminary research is showing. But then again, after we do all the research, we got to put it into play. We got to see if there's some people who want to explore that as an option and where it fits in sequentially to a larger healing plan. So I'm going to tell you folks, it's our job and our duty to speak truth right now. And that truth means that we make a, say a statement, give a phrase that says, I don't know. That's okay. It's okay for us not to know. All right. It's okay. You don't, it's not an injury on your ego or your reputation if you say, I don't know, and you wear a white coat. Just so, just so know that white coats. All right. It's okay to say, I don't know, because this wasn't a problem that we created. Because when we say, I don't know, we actually are giving hope to people. When we say, I don't know, and we're being honest with them, we're giving them the hope of saying, I don't know, but I do know two things that I'm going to do. I'm going to keep working on this every day. We're going to figure it out. And I do know that I'm going to be here with you every step of the way. This road is the roughest road ever in histories, in the history of humanity. You will not walk it alone. I promise you that. And I think that's the pledge that we all are going to have to start taking with all these people who are severely injured. I know it's hard. I know it's challenging no matter what. And I know the healing process is its own monster but you will not walk this road alone. I promise you. 
So stay tuned. We're going to get into it with Adam Rowland today. And I think you're going to have a, uh, I think I'm saying, I said his name on Rowland. I don't know. He's a Brit. Give him, give me a break. All right. I can't get the right intonation on it, but I will tell you, he's a good dude. He's a brave man. And uh, he's the reason why I fight every single day. All right. He inspires me and I hope that I can come through and give him what he's looking for. All right. So we write back with more energetic health radio right after these messages. Uh, energetic health radio is sponsored by the energetic health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people. Just like you check us out folks, energetic health Institute.org. You will be very, very happy. You did, especially if you want to be healthy and if you want to be free, that's energetic health Institute.org. We'll be right back with more energetic health radio right after these messages. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. All right. Aloha and welcome back, everyone. Um, like I said, we have special guest, uh, student of mine, Adam Rowland, uh, with us today. Um, and I'm going to tell you, this is why I love everybody that is injured and fighting on because this is just one straight up brave dude. I mean, um, it is one of my great pleasures to teach him. It's one of my great pleasures of my life, highlight of my career to be able to work with him and say, hey, this is what we're finding. And he can then take the opportunity, whether he decides to or not, to put it into play and go through a plan, not a protocol, but a plan uh, that we've laid out and see if it's working. And like I've been telling folks, we don't have all of the answers. We don't. Anyone out there who's saying it, you need to tell them, you need to challenge them on that and say something like this, prove it, just prove it. And if you do great, I will, I will stop what I'm doing and just immediately learn what that person is doing. Trust me, I will but you have to prove it. We have so many people out there saying so many nonsensical things and it just, it injures trust. It injures hope. We can't have that. All right. What these people have is hope. That's the currency. What we have to keep established is trust. That's the currency. And the only way we can do that is by maintaining complete transparency, maintaining complete authenticity and telling them the truth. This is where we're at. We didn't create the weapon. 
but we're doing everything we can to solve the problem that these evil bastards put upon us. So Adam, brother, thank you for being here with me uh, today. It's such a pleasure to have you on. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fighting doc, as you know, um, I'm doing as good as good as it can be, uh, tremendously grateful for yourself, um, and everybody else that's working behind the scenes to, um, you know, to help the vaccine injured and, and everybody affected by this thing. Um, I've been absolutely touched um, by the support around the world that I've had personally on social media and also not just for myself, the other vaccine injured people around the world. And uh, that's been the biggest positive that's come out of this thing for me, um, how, how the generosity and the love and the kindness and support of complete strangers and um yeah it fills my heart with hope and hope and joy um but i'm not gonna lie in terms of my health um, mm-hmm. i wouldn't wish it on anybody doc um I, I i don't say this lightly um there's a lot of people that have committed suicide um that is something that um you know until meeting yourself and um, getting all this support online i did battle with quite daily myself um mm-hmm just because it's it's torturous to live like this. It really is. And I, I got to tell you, folks, um, this is my big concern, right, Adam? Because we have, there are a lot of really well-intended people out there. And I'm going to tell you, most of the folks doing really a lot of awesome work, you don't know their names. The folks out there, you know, there's folks that are fighting every day. There's a lot of folks that aren't in it for the glory hounding. They're not in it for the personal claim. They're not in it for the financials. They're in it because this is a humanitarian effort we're all engaged in. This is the fate of humanity we are all engaged in right now. And solving this problem, there has never been a more important problem for us to solve than this one right now. We got to get this right. So, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to say, you know, Adam, there's this, uh, there's this sense we have of, you know, you know, we know you all are being gaslit, right? That's just, uh, you know, folks refusing to even acknowledge you. And that's, that's just terrible, but it's expected. What, what else would we expect from that side? You know what I mean? But that, that kind of nonsense, they can't admit that they've, they've injected you with this, this thing that is just a nightmare bioweapon. The problem that I, we were just talking about off air though, was that on in the health freedom movement, right? Where we would hope that everybody would be able to put down their egos, where we hope would people would be able to put down their agendas and say, look, there's a bigger thing afoot here. And we got to help these people. We got to help heal this, this pain that they're, they're in. There's a psychology to all of this. You have people that realize that they've, uh, they, they were lied to and, and duped into making a terrible decision, this terrible decision that their life now depends on in these situations. They're desperate. They're desperate. They are going to get online. They are going to start trying anything that people say works, right? Anything, any, any glimmer of hope they're going to try. So now they start spending money they don't really have, right? They have many, because many of the folks that are severely injured have lost their jobs. They start spending money they don't have. Their families have already ostracized them. People have already started abandoning them. They start spending money they don't have. The things don't work. What's the impression that they start getting? That nothing is going to help them. What starts getting assaulted? Their hope. The thing that has to be protected like DNA 
gets assaulted. Then they have some doctors that they start working with. Those doctors don't know, but most of the doctors will say, you know what? I got something. I got something. I got something. They try a couple things. It doesn't work. The doctors get spooked. Maybe they have a regression of symptoms. The doctor gets spooked and then the doctor abandons them because the doctor's worried about losing their license. What happens if one of these people die on their watch? Folks, I'm going to tell you straight up, my room for error with everybody I work with is zero. And we talk about that openly. Okay. And I tell them openly, I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but I'm up every night researching, trying to make sense of what's going on in their body and help them. Right. But I don't lie to them. I don't tell them. I don't give them false hope. The hope is that we're going to figure this out together. The hope is that we're going to build a community, that there's going to be support because I'm going to tell you something else they need. They need a lot of support. All right. But if you don't have a support network for them to plug into, if you don't have a plan for them, what you are doing is selling them false hope. And if you abandon them, then shame on you. And there's been so many stories of that. Adam, before we get into your, your, your symptomatology, we're going to talk about good days and bad days, because I want to show people the real here. I want to show people the real of what's going on. Okay. Um, have you worked with folks that have abandoned you? Have you started working with doctors? And we're not going to name names. But have you worked with professionals and they just kind of threw up their hands or just kind of ghosted you after you started having some problems? Tell us, tell us a little bit about that experience that the Vax injured go through. Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's not just happened to me. It's you know virtually everyone I speak to has gone through the same experience. So um, yeah, people want to help us, and that's that's great, and it does build up hope. So again, we're really grateful for that. But um, you know, one instance is with me is you know, what what tends to happen if I put it in a, um, a the nicest possible way is say you see a cardiologist or you see a pulmonologist, you know, this thing doesn't fit traditional medicine. It doesn't respond to the traditional treatment. So, so let's give an example of myocarditis. Mm -hmm. I present with myocarditis and, you know, the traditional treatments may be prednisolone, maybe coltagene, et cetera, something along those lines. Now, um, you, you know, what's happened to me is, you know, I get prescribed, say, one of those treatments. I don't respond to it as normal. They don't know what to do after that. Um, so they take me through the full process of the normal cardiological workup. Um, a few things come back abnormal. So, for example, VT with myself in my heart. Um, but the trouble is when you don't respond to the medications, etc., and, you know, you're still as ill as you were, these guys don't know what to do. Um, now, unfortunately, in my case, when that happens, they just ghost you. They block you. You no longer get an appointment. You phone these consultant secretaries up and they're like, mm. oh, they're, we're booked up. We can't see mm. you at all. And you never get an appointment. And look, this isn't just happening to me. You know, I've come out on social media, so I speak to people around the world, but I can only speak for people in, in more depth in my own country. And, um, it's not just me it's happening to so you know it's so frustrating and and like with respect to some cardiologists that I speak to they admit to me that this thing is harder to treat than COVID-induced myopathy for example where mm -hmm. that might respond to the drugs but for whatever reason as soon as people come off the drugs or they're on the drugs they don't respond to them this is a whole different entity that they're working with and the good ones will admit that they don't understand and don't know what to do. Um, and then what we're finding is as vaccine injured people, 
these doctors are then, how can we put it, politically, they're not allowed to go any further, should mm-hmm. we say. Things are happening politically. So they, they've got no answers for us. And um, we, we're stuck in a hamster wheel. And, and unfortunately, you know, whether it's suicide, whether it's someone like me deteriorating over time, people are dying while all these things are happening. Um, you know, and I, you know, we need to save lives here. It's, it's you know, we, we need some kind of urgency now. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, that, that's what happens. We get ghosted. It's not just me. I speak to people every single day and it, it's happening. They're spending, you know, vast amounts of money to see the so-called top specialists who are elevating themselves up there as a top mm-hmm. set specialist. They mean well, but under after two or three appointments, they don't respond to the traditional treatments. Then they get ghosted. Um, and it breaks my heart. And that's the reality of what's happening. And it's an ugly reality, folks. It's an absolutely ugly reality because it's the antithesis of what medicine and the oath that we take to do no harm, the oath that we take to be present, right? And this is why you hear me sometimes getting really passionate and getting really upset because I took an oath. And when I take an oath, when I give my word to something, that's what I gave my word to. That's who I am. That's the expression of who I am. So when I get, when I get people who've taken that same oath and they don't honor that oath, they ghost these folks, they ghost, they gaslight I mean, Gaslighting is way worse, but they ghost these folks when they don't get the response they want. And then they go out there and they say, oh, I'm getting hundred percent success rate. Yeah. If you eliminate all the people that what you did didn't work, you're going to get hundred percent success rate. That's exactly what these corrupt, you know, um, publications do. The, the corrupt Pfizer documents did. They just deleted 6,292 people from the enrolled study. They just deleted them from the final safety analysis. That's how you get to, you know, that this is safe. And they deleted over 3,800 people from the efficacy analysis. That's how you get to the 95% effectiveness. You just delete the people that didn't get the right result. Right. And that's the, that's the ugly thing with all of it. So, so Adam, I I want people to get a feel for what a bad day is like for you. All right. Cause we're going to tell the truth here. All right. I don't want anybody getting miss any missing impressions of me that, Hey, I've got every answer and I'm going to tell, take you through it. And it's going to be up, up and away and really good. What's it really like going through a healing process um, with, with this, this bioweapon in your body? What's it really like? What's a bad day like? Yeah. Well, first of all, just, just for the audience, uh, doc, um, you know, I've got progressively worse since I had the, the shots. So, um, Mentally, you know, that's really tough every single day because I'm, I feel like a passenger in my body and I'm witnessing my body. So I've lost, you know, I was lucky. I was incredibly fit. You know, I worked in professional sport, as you know, I was, you know, the fittest I'd ever been cardiovascular and strength wise. You know, I, I could bench like, you know, rep out on 220 and things like that for fun, you know, that kind of thing, you know, I could, I could roll 5k in like 18 minutes, no problem. And, you know, all the rest of those, you know, goofy stats. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've witnessed my body lose 20 kilos in muscle with this. Um, I'm witnessing my muscles failing on me. Um, but you know, that's, that's just an ego thing. Right. But it's hard to wake up every single day psychologically uh, and know like, you know, where I'm at today is, I don't know, honestly, I don't want to be dramatic, but I don't feel like I'm going to be here in a year's time. Now, mm-hmm. if I am, that's fantastic and a bonus. 
so yeah uh, there's a massive psychological element to it um because I'll positive think and believe and I'm a results person and you set me a target I won't give up and I'll I'll go for that target but you know I, and look don't get me wrong I don't want to die I'm incredibly grateful for every single day and even like this in so much pain I'm, I'm glad to be alive but it's hard to remain so positive when you're witnessing mm-hmm. your body mm-hmm. you know I'm following every single supplement I eat organic and you know, I, I do every single, you know, I didn't smoke and drink before this, right? Um, I do every single thing. I wasn't overweight before this. And and to know that you're doing every single thing under your control and yet your body's still deteriorating and, yeah, it's terrible. So, yeah, I, I, I'll start from I can't sleep at night. So it really took a bad turn for me in May 22, a whole year after the vaccine. Um, I started with VT and lots of neurological problems immediately after the vaccines, but I was getting gaslit. Um, and basically over 12 months, my health deteriorated up until last year where I collapsed with three PEs in my lungs and hundreds of little blood clots. Um, and then since then, um, you know, they think I've got this myopathy and muscle wasting and severe thrombolytic vasculitis and all these other diagnosis is but um uh, every single day since since may last year i've been in severe pain of some description in the day it just it just depends that severe pain it just depends on how severe it's going to be that day and how many hours it's going to last for um so yeah i'm in chronic pain so my pain varies at best i never get below a three so if i get to a three pain that's just uncomfortable right so you know, that's absolutely fantastic. I can live life at, at three pain. I can get outside and stuff like that. And, and life becomes quite rosy again for me like that, even though my body's wasting. But then I go through many hours where my pain will get to, once it starts to get to five and a six, I'm a pretty grumpy bear. I'm pretty aggressive. <laughs> I, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm pretty pissed off and it affects people around you. Um, and once it starts getting to seven and eights, so I'm not going to lie to you, you know, you're not talking to people, you're rolling around the bed and, um, you know, once it gets to an eight and stuff, um, because it's been in my chest and it's lasted for many, many hours. Um, yeah, you know, unfortunately it feels like you're dying. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you start to get those dark thoughts and, um, you, you, you know, you wonder how much the body can, can cope with because, you know, just, just just for the audience, you know, I was in hospital for four months. I was on IV morphine and IV morphine couldn't control the pain mm-hmm. um, and lots of other things and, you know, other crazy medications. And that's that's just to demonstrate. And, you know, I never took a prescription for painkillers in my life prior to this. Um, and I'm someone who, you know, I'm not bothered about a little bit of pain. I can deal with a little bit of pain, but this this stuff is biblical. It's it's a whole new level. And um, like I say, I wouldn't wish anyone on it. And I understand the people that have took their own lives for the peace mm-hmm. um, because it's tough. It, it's horrendous. So, yeah, I wake up in pain every single day. Um, I've woke up in pain of six, seven out of ten with my legs today. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to saw my own legs off below the knees that's the mm-hmm. kind of pain that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so automatically it affects your mood, right? And, um, 
yeah, and it's not just the pain, it's the other physical symptoms, um, you know, in my heart, the breathlessness, uh, the weakness that I'm experiencing at the moment. So, you know, I, I struggle to look after myself. Um, you know, I, I'm in and out of having carers. My mother has to care for me. Um, at the moment, they're trying to supply me carers because I can't. You know, I can't. It's the accumulation of activities of daily living, like trying to take a shower and get dressed, make your own breakfast, washing, you know, all the things that people take for granted. You know, unfortunately, I can't do all those things in a day. Um, mm-hmm. So it strips you of your identity and dignity. I was a person that, you know, I've lost my house and my family because of the strain it's put on. And, you know, I was someone that cared for others. And now, now as a man, I can't even do those things for myself. So, there's an emotional pain as long as well with the physical pain as well. Um, I think the hardest thing though, for me personally is being a witness to my body the you know, my physical being, um, sadly deteriorate and having to watch it deteriorate and being powerless to that is the hardest thing. Amen. Brother. Amen. I love you, man. Amen. You know, folks, you're hearing somebody that told you he's brave and I told you, that he fights, he fights on. That's what you're hearing. And not everybody has his mental makeup to be able to endure this, right? He's one of the special ones that has the mental makeup to be able to endure this and fight on and go through everything he's gone through and still wake up every morning and say, I'm going to fight on again today, right? This is why it's not going to be in a little bottle. It's not going to be in a little protocol. These folks need real deal support. Not only are they physically traumatized, they are emotionally traumatized. And that doesn't mean that they're a victim because Adam is certainly nobody's victim. What that means though, is they need to be embraced. They need to be loved. They need to let people be known, made it known to them that I'm not going anywhere. And this is what I continually say to folks. I may not have all the answers, but I'm not going anywhere. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get this figured out somehow, some way. Grace of God, I know is going to step in. We are going to figure this out, but we're not there. The folks that put this bioweapon together had a four decade, at least head start on us. We've only been at this and unearthing new things. Like I'm going to talk about in the next segment, pseudouridine. We've only been talking about these things recently. So now, Adam, we were just going to do one segment, brother. Can you hang on and can you do another segment with me and come in to the next one? Because I want to talk a little bit about what we've been doing and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, of course. That. Okay. Do you want me to talk about my sleep at all? I didn't tell people how bad that was, or do you think that I don't really need to? Well, no, we can talk about that in the next segment for sure. Okay. I, want to, I, I want people to see the reality of what's going on, the healing process. It's not easy. And that's no. why I, that's why I get so upset when I see people out there saying, well, here, just buy my supplement and this will work for you. Or when I see people going, oh, it's just this, this, and this, and, and I'll put a protocol out. There's no protocol that's going to solve this problem. You have to get your hands in the dirt. You have to be there with these people because the situation can change at a moment's notice. And we're going to talk about that in the next segment where the situation changed at a moment's notice. And we have to be able to adjust and figure out what's going on. Okay. This is not easy. It's not something to be trifled with. And again, if you aren't asking the people out there, the main question for all of you listening, especially for the injured, you know, I love you. For all of you injured, the questions are very simple, especially when they're talking about natural medicine. 
How much education do you have in natural medicine? How much clinical experience do you have with natural medicine? Because if the answers to those are not very much, those are not people you should listen to about natural medicine. I said this on a post on Twitter and I pissed some people off, don't care anymore. I'm fighting for all the injured. I don't give a damn who isn't injured, who I piss off, all right? It's this simple. If you don't know something, you shouldn't speak about it as if you do. I'm not a neurosurgeon. I'm not qualified to be a neurosurgeon. So I don't speak about neurosurgery. If I was interested in it, I would shut up and listen to somebody who knew a lot about the substantia Niagara and all the intricacies of the brain. But I will tell you this, nutrition is more intricate than neurosurgery. I know that might sound like a crazy thing to say, but it really, really is, especially when you introduce this bioweapon and all the other things that come with it. This is the most complex biochemical issue I've ever seen in my career. I never thought it was possible, folks. And sadly, Adam and so many like him are living it every single day. This must be respected, not profited off of. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure, a plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD.
All right, folks, welcome back. We're here with special guest Adam Rowland, uh, just brave, brave fighter. Um, you know, he's really out here fighting for his life and fighting for the life of many people because we crack the code with people like him. That means we're going to be able to help literally millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions out there in the world and maybe even more than that. So he he holds a special place in my heart and a special key to this whole process. And I'm just so privileged to be able to, to work with him. Um, Adam, we were talking last um, segment, we ended with, you know, what you go through on a daily basis and what bad days can really be like. But we got some previews. We got a preview of coming attractions, I've felt, and I, I still hope this is true, but we can't say for 100% certainty, but I believe in my heart, this is God's grace stepping in. Yeah. About a week ago, you were going through stage two of the healing process. You're learning, you know, as a student at the Energetic Health Institute, you're going through stage two of the healing process and you texted me something that was really beautiful. Tell everybody about that little preview, I hope, of coming attractions and what a good day, what a couple of good days really looked like for you. Yeah, so it was amazing. So for me, you know, it's it's about pain and um, pain which affects my function and also being able to breathe and be able to walk and move about. Uh, so what I experienced was my pain levels are really, really low at like a three, which is like mm -hmm. nothing for me. So what that allowed me to do was on, on those days, it allowed me to have a window into some normality again. So it allowed me to get up, just do the regular things, you know, have a wash, <laughs> you know, make my own breakfast and lunch. But I actually was able to get out of the house and spend the whole day with my daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I mean, I'm not talking about, I can't like walk around the city and go shopping or anything like that. I, you know, I've not been able to shop for groceries for two years, but um, yeah, it allowed me to do that. And just to put that into perspective, it was my daughter's um, birthday actually at the weekend. And she just wanted me to drive to her house uh, and have something to eat at her house. And I wasn't physically capable of that. So you know, I, I've been void for two Christmases and all my daughter's birthdays for the last two years. I've not been able to participate in them, unfortunately. So to be able to get out of the house, um, actually go to my daughter's house, spend the whole day with her and actually do some semi-physical things. So I was helping to put together some wardrobes in her bedroom for her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was very slow, but to be able to do that and actually walk about and drive my car in between, um, yeah, it was amazing. It was just um, so grateful for it. And yeah, that, that for me, that that's what I got. And um, also the feeling of being able to, like I said to you, the key thing for me, Doc, is when you get into five pains, it's hard to connect and be present in life and be present mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. um, so that day I felt like I could really, you know, love my daughter um, and really be present with her because, you know, I felt I could be present and I, I felt like I wasn't a witness in my body declining. I felt that, yeah, I might be sick, but I felt like I could be in that moment and live that day with my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, so it meant the world to me. Yeah. Amen. Right. That's, that's what this is all about. Live that day with your daughter, right? There's, there's the medicine right there. And there's the gift for all the work. I mean, and it took that we're talking folks, Adam put in to get to that day. Adam, what were, what were you at by that point? Probably what, uh, over 40 days of hard work to get to that day, right? Easily, easily. easily. We've easily. been working before Christmas, haven't we, Doc? Sort of. Yeah, right, right. I think right after Christmas, you were going through some stuff and I kind of stepped in and sits, uh, said, let me, let's see what we can do to help out. But I think it was like right after Christmas, but 
folks, Adam is the reason why we started understanding the importance of lysine, right? And using lysine when you're taking L-arginine and making lys making sure you're taking more L-lysine than you are arginine, because arginine is needed and important, but you can't have more of it going into the body than L-lysine. That's because of what we learned with Adam, right? What we're learning with Adam now, though, is something that's very important, which is twofold. Number one, Herring's law of cure is very much in play here. So for those of you who don't know what Herring's law of cure is, which is probably most people, Constantine Herring was a famous homeopath um, hundreds of years ago, wrote extensively about homeopathy, and he came up with three observations in clinical practice. He said that the body heals from the inside out, from the top down, and in the reverse order of symptoms. Okay. In our observations in naturopathic medicine, we've come to other things, the great Dr. Bernard Jensen uh, among them, that typically when people are healing, they'll have a really, really good day or a couple of good days, and they think that they're getting over the hump, and then there'll be a great regression after it. There's a big up and down. There's some volatility with the natural healing process. So Adam, for example, Adam, you had the um, that those good days, right? And you were like, "Here we go. We're we're now moving in a good direction, right?" And this is the great mind that healing really can be sometimes. And yes, I did say "fuck" on air. Please forgive me. Hopefully, they bleep that out. I'll tell them to bleep that out. But um, uh, yes, it is it is this incredible mind trip that you go on with this, and um, you have a really good day, really good day, really. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then. Ugh, now we're going into regression, right? Because now the body's kicked up some dust and has to get that waste out of the system. So Adam, you had some good days and then you had a crap. And then now we're back in a regression period here, a relapse phase, right? So tell everybody the just a little bit about, um, and briefly, the emotional toll that takes on somebody who's injured. Just let everybody know what that's like, because this is the real deal, folks. Um. Yeah, it's 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 devastating. It's devastating because you know it's it's not just the pain of getting through. Like, look, people talk in normal life of good days and bad days. I'll be honest. When you're like me, we're talking in seconds. One thing I have to tell myself is, I win the seconds, I win the minutes, I win the hours, and I win the day. Mm -hmm. I literally sometimes I'm hanging on and that's what it's like. And my, my body is giving me signs in my heart, you know, some of the stuff that I get right. And mm -hmm. I think, is this it, you know, is this my last moment? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what you go through. It, it, it's literally, it's hell on earth. It's absolute torture. Um, and then psychologically, I win those. I win those minutes, and I might get through that day since I've relapsed. Um, but then it takes you back into the grief. I mean, I I was working on the PGA Tour with some high-profile golfers over there mm -hmm. in the states. It took me 16 years, doc, to get to that level in my career. I've got memories, you know, flicking up on my phone of being at the Players Club and you know these great places. You know, the tournaments on last week. Um, and I grieve for that, you know, because I know I'm never going to get that life back. But um, mm -hmm. I grieve for that because it's like it didn't really happen. And then, you know, I like I say, I, that's not what's important anymore. But it's like I grieve because, you know, will I ever be able to attend my daughter's birthday again and stuff like that? And then 
you know, family and friends don't understand, which I don't blame them. They could never understand. So then you start to get the thoughts of, you know, look, I'm not going to do this, but suicide does come into your mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, let's put an end to you. You've got a, a voice in your head saying, put an end to this suffering. You know, why are you doing this to yourself? And yeah, you have to fight those thoughts at times. So it's, it's, it's a horrible place to be. It's horrible, but I choose to I choose to focus on the the good people and all the the mm-hmm. people that are trying to help us, and that's what keeps us going. And what I will say is, if you think by saying something kind and nice doesn't affect someone like me, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I would I would not still be here without these people like yourself and some of the other unnamed people that message me privately and check in and see how I'm doing. Um, so you people are my life vest. Amen, folks. You hear that? Kindness. Best medicine we got right now. Kindness, right? You got to put these people in your heart. You got to hold them. You got to hug them with your words and let them know that, yeah, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm not going anywhere. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm not going to abandon you. I don't know what you're going through, but I know it's hard. And I know that you're not going to walk this road alone, right? That's what healers do, right? That's what we do. So, you know, um, I want to get people up on some new stuff because Adam, the thing I love working with Adam on as a, as a teacher and, and him as a student is, and I'm telling people right now, no, I, I mean, people ask me, are you taking new patients? No, I'm not taking new, any new patients anymore. My, my work as uh, taking on patients is done for the rest of my life and my career. I'm not doing it. All right. For this reason, the word patient means sufferer. Okay. I will not take on any patients because a person who is suffering is that engenders victimhood. And I don't take off victims. I take on people who are ready to do the work, willing to do the work. And that means I take on students. I take on people who want to learn how to heal themselves. Like I've told you all before, I've healed one person in my entire life, me. I teach people how to heal themselves. And that's what the process is. And that's what you're going to have to be in this moment. You're going to have to be somebody willing to do the work to learn how to heal yourself because we don't have the answers, but your body does. And we have to be able to read your body and what it's saying to us to get the sequence together of what we can do to help you heal. That's what it comes to. But I'll tell you, the answers are in God's medicine and God's medicine is natural medicine. All right. And that's what God is asking Adam to do right now. And that's what I'm being asked to facilitate that journey for him. That's what I do. Okay. Now we are learning so much with everybody that we are working with right now. It is an incredible, I wish it was under different circumstances that we were learning so much so quickly, but it's out of necessity, right? Because we are in a race against time. Like Adam has told you, he feels like he's deteriorating every day. And we have to trust that that's what's going on because he feels that, right? So what we've brought, what we've come into is this concept of pseudouridine. And I got to give big shout out to, and I always say this, the great Dr. Peter McCullough, because he just wrote a substack on it. I sent him some information on pseudouridine last week and he wrote a substack on it. Thanks. Thanks, Peter. I appreciate that brother so much. Um, and uh, I've, we're hearing some people talk about it a little bit more. I just reached out to Dr. Ryan Cole. Um, asking him about testing for pseudouridine and interferon. Um, I know Dr. Bruce Patterson can test for interferon gamma. We're looking at that. And I'm going to explain to you why these things, these words that you don't necessarily know are so important. 
Um, so uh, Dr. Ryan Cole got back immediately and said, yeah, I'm going to look into it. So folks, I want you to know if you're out there and you are um, losing hope, you're on that edge, that edge of saying, I'm going to give up. I want you to know that there's people like me, people like Dr. Peter McCullough, people like Dr. Ryan Cole, people out there that are on this, people like Dr. Brian Artis, people who are out there saying, I'm in this for the right reasons. I'm in this for the humanitarian, the humanity of what this is all really about. Not for myself, not for personal fame, not for personal fortune, not for my own glory. The glory goes to God. I'm in this to help the people who are in pain. All right. So hang on. Okay. And do everything you can to hang on. So here's the deal. I had a um, I had a Alexis Baden Mayer from the Organic Consumers Association ask me a question. I do a show with her a lot of Mondays on for OCA, and she asked me a question about pseudouridine. And I said, like I always say, if I don't know something, you know, Alexis, I don't know enough about it. Let me get educated on it and see if there's something here, because you know, I, I you know I get all kind of stuff, and it's beautiful. Most of the stuff we get isn't useful, but it's still nice that people send it because at least we know it's something that's not worth looking into. And I do look into everything that people send me, um, even if I can't get to it right away. So it took me a couple of weeks, Adam, right? It took me a couple of weeks to kind of look at this and stuff and go, okay, let me start reading into it. And I can tell you, the first thing I read on it was horrific. And I was like, oh my God, why wasn't somebody like Robert Malone ringing the bell on this from day one, right? I, so I texted Judy Mikovits immediately and she's like, She's like, Henry, you're right. You know, um, this is a big deal. I've been trying to warn people about purinergic and, uh, and, and signaling and, and things like that. And she's been, and truthfully, she has. She's been trying to educate me on it. I didn't get the significance of it until I read this first article. First article I read on pseudouridine talks about pseudouridine being a biomarker for cancers, many cancers, and for neurodegeneration. Well, what are we seeing here? Cancers turbo cancers, right? And neurodegeneration. I go in and I read another article. And this is one that Dr. Peter McCullough actually, I sent to him and he commented on it in his latest Substack. Um, and it talks about, it brags, it doesn't just talk about, it brags about the use of modified pseudouridine in the damn shots. That without the lipid nanoparticle for delivery and that they remember they said it was supposed to just stay in the local area. No, they knew it was going to be broad distribution, especially to lipophilic, um, which means fat liking, you know, parts of the body, glands, like reproductive organs, they, like liver tissue, like brain and neurologic tissue, which are all heavily fat-based. What, what else would a lipid nanoparticle be for, but to get to those tissues? Okay. That's, that, that's how fats work. Fats like fats. Okay. They said that without the lipid nanoparticle, and without the, the modified pseudouridine, um, there would be no shots. And I was like, well, okay, let's look at pseudouridine. What are they bragging about? They're bragging about pseudouridine, modified pseudouridine on the mRNA sequences prevents enzymatic breakdown because that was the problem they were having. They would introduce it to an animal model, the, the mRNA without the pseudouridine. And it would be just degraded instantly. So there was no chance for replication of whatever sequence they were trying to make, whatever, in this case, spike glycoprotein, which as we know is a composite of many different venoms, right? And yes, I can back that statement up and I will not back down on that at all. So if you're out there going, his crazy guy doesn't know what he's talking about, challenge me. Challenge me, anyone in the world to a debate, I will tear you a new one. Challenge me, okay? If you think I don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't think I can back up what I'm saying, challenge me. I will be there. I promise you that. 
Okay. Now, what we have is a situation where when it, the mRNA without the pseudouridine is introduced to animal models, it breaks down the animal uh, the the mRNA sequence immediately. The animal's body does, so there's no replication of whatever they were trying to get the cell to make. So that wouldn't work. The other problem they were having was that it induced an immediate and very rabid immunological response. And that's what killed all the animals. That's why the technology was not viable and it wasn't working, right? It wasn't working until they got the lipid nanoparticle. It wasn't working until they got the pseudouridine on there, all right? The modified pseudouridine. So they injected everybody with a substance that is a biomarker at the very least for cancer and for neurodegeneration. But then you read a little bit more on pseudouridine. What do you find? Pseudouridine is a is a part a very is a is a part of the protein synthesis process in the body. Okay, but the body really doesn't want to use pseudouridine. What it wants to use is a substance called uridine. Now, uridine atom is very flexible. Okay, it, so it allows proteins to have a flexibility and the body needs that flexibility. We're moving organisms, right? We need to have a certain level of give in the body, okay? Pseudouridine, by contrast, is very rigid in structure. So when you integrate uridine, you get a very flexible protein. That's what the body likes. But when you integrate pseudouridine pseudouridine into a structure into a protein structure you get a very rigid molecule and it changes the way that the molecule the protein is shaped it changes the folding patterns it changes the the flexibility that means that when you change the shape you change the function so far so good adam yep right okay so now when you change shape and you change function that means you change what that protein actually does so now that's not a big deal when you're thinking necessarily about proteins for you know, the structure of the body, but it becomes a very big deal when you talk about enzymes because every enzyme is a protein. So now what it does is it throws off enzymes and that means it throws off how the cell performs. It throws off the speed of biochemical events. It throws off the accuracy of biochemical events. It throws off cellular biochemistry immensely. And what have we been seeing everywhere? Bodies just aren't working properly. That's an enzymatic issue. That's where pseudouridine comes in. So now, here's the connection here, folks. Pseudouridine, all right, is something that the body does make when it's in a very stressed out state. It typically makes it when the body is producing a lot of interferon. So now, Adam, before 2020, right, before all this nonsense, okay? You get a little yep. viral infection. Yes, viruses exist. You get a little viral infection, right? And do you remember getting like a little low-grade fever, a little runny nose? Do you remember those kind of symptoms at all? Probably not. You were in good shape, right? You're like, ah, I never <laughs> yeah, I mean, rarely, but yeah, rarely. maybe, yeah. But do you ever remember trying to go to sleep at night when you're a little sick and you just can't get comfortable because your body's aching all over? Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's your body producing interferon. Now, interferon is what the body produces to block viral replication while your immune system is getting activated. And so it can figure out how to kill the, the infection. Okay. So it's a very important thing, but it's only supposed to be really about a two or three day process. 
So it's for two or three days. Yeah, your body's making a little bit of pseudouridine because it's got to keep, it's got to rapidly make protein structures, and it, that's just what it does, right? It's just like, hey, I got, I don't have time to do this right, so I just got to get it done. Protein synthesis, right? So no big deal. If it's two or three days, no big deal. But now what you have is a situation where a person has an mRNA sequence in them that isn't being broken down. They have, so they're making spike glycoprotein like crazy. We know that we've found mRNA sequences intact in lymph nodes up to 60 days after the injection. And that's just as far as that um, paper went <laughs> to measure it. It'd be very curious to measure if people still have them in their bodies today, you know, two years after the shot. I haven't seen anything on that. But then we have this other issue of the, like the Lund University study, the reverse transcription process, where now you get the mRNA turning into DNA and then uploading into the genome. So you have these two major problems. Then you have what Kevin McKernan just brilliantly found, which is the whole plasmid issue, which is a definitive bioweapon. All you have to do is go read this paper on uh, Dartmouth. I'll put this in the show notes, folks. All you have to do is read a paper from 2013 from Dartmouth University talking about plasmids being used as bioweapons. <laughs> all right. It's, this is a bioweapon. It's a bioweapon. Okay. Um, and what you have is a situation where a person has an mRNA sequence in them. They're producing spike glycoprotein incessantly, but without a nucleocapsid, right? And this is what um, uh, Professor, uh, oh God, Professor B, I'm just going to call him Professor B. I forget how to pronounce his name. And Naomi Wolf just told me yesterday and I forgot. He's such a sweetheart guy. You know, the guy that got the standing ovation and everything recently from Germany, yeah. you know, that, you know, yeah. Professor yeah. B. Yeah. All right, folks. Yeah. So his autopsy studies show that people that are very young have very have organs that look like they're at 90 years old, right? Because of the deterioration. Why? Pseudouridine. Okay, so here's the connection, everybody. What people are feeling who are severely injured are these myalgias, this, this kind of, you know, hey, I've got interferon being produced all the time now. And when interferon is being produced, that means the body's producing pseudouridine. It's, it, and when the body's producing pseudouridine, that means there's errors in protein synthesis. And what that leads to is rapid deterioration, accelerated deterioration that leads to, and when the cells deteriorate, that leads to cancer. When you add in the fact that we have dysregulation of T cells, right? Because of the spike glycoprotein, for example, um, affecting nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. What that means is not only is do you have cancer being formed, but you also have an inability of the immune system to effectively check it. And now you have a situation where you have a turbo cancer, right? And if this is on the nervous system, you have the situation where you have advanced neurodegeneration, people having signs of ALS, for example, at like young, young ages, ages that we're not ever familiar with doing it because of this phenomenon, in my opinion today, of pseudouridine formation. So the trick is how do we get the body back into using uridine instead of pseudouridine? And, and the answer that I, that's what I'm, that's my research all this week. And I promised everybody that I'm teaching right now that I will have definitive answers by next week on this definitive answers on how do we turn off interferon um, and tell the body it's okay. Cause you got to understand the body's doing this right. The body thinks it's virally infected. So of course it's producing pseudouridine, you know, interferon and pseudouridine incessantly. It thinks it's infected and it technically is, but it's just not infected with something that the body knows how to break down because again, the mRNA sequences have the pseudouridine end caps on it. 
And that pseudouridine in cap prevents the breakdown in the cell. So we did find something interesting last night, Adam. I'm going to give you a little glimmer of hope here. Okay. Yeah. We found, found something last night that apparently does break down mRNA. I don't know if we can use it in the cells yet, but at least we have a, a, we have a breadcrumb here. Pancreatic enzymes break down the um, mRNA. Uh, regardless of whether there's pseudouridine on it or not. All right. I found a yeah. study that showed that doesn't matter. Pancreatic enzymes. Now the thing is, can we get that into the cell where it's needed? That's the big question without injuring people. Okay. Or how can we, we what other enzymes might do the same thing that we know are safe for the cell? These are the questions I have to get answered in the next three, four days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But folks, there is hope. We are working on it. That's the big message here for everyone. And I just want to say thank you, Adam. Um, there, this is another big deal, pseudouridine. And I think it's very important for all of us. I think it's very important for all of us to hang on. Like I've been telling everyone, we have to become a family. That means supporting each other, even when we don't understand when somebody, what's going, what somebody's going through. We have to support them. Okay. And it also means for those of us working on this, that we have to have the integrity to say the most three most important words we can say, I don't know. It's okay not to know. We didn't invent this. It's okay not to know. It's not okay to project that you do know. So I'm going to end by saying with three more important words that I love, my favorite three important words, which is, I love you. I love you, brother. I do. All right. Uh, and I'm gonna be doc, here with you the whole way. Go for it. No, I um I can't put into words, Doc. You you know what you mean to me. Um and not just me, a lot of people. Um the support that you've given me. Um yeah, I, I can't put into words right now. It's quite difficult. Um I just yeah, um yeah, it's just <laughs> it's undescribable, Doc. I, I love you back. Um I wish more people in this world were like you. Um I I love you for your straight talking. Um, you straight talk from the heart, so you don't mean it in a nasty way towards any individuals, and you do it for the the good, the greater good. Um, I wish there was more people like that working on this thing. I'm not having a go again at other people. Um, I'd just like some more honesty from people, and and let let's let's enjoy the fanfare and the conferences and all that. That's great. That's generating income for this research, but. You know, let, let's have some more honesty here. And, um, you know, there's loads of people like me, vaccine injured, you know, you can research us to death, you know. I'm sure there's plenty of volunteers who will let you experiment on them and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I'm prepared to put in the work. And, um, yeah, just just people like yourself, we're really grateful for, Doc. And, um, yeah, I love you. Amen, brother. Love you. This is the great honor of my life. I mean that. Thank you. All right. All right, folks. Well, that's a, that's a wrap for us today. Um, and I say it very simply. We know we have four challenges here. Speak truth. Take no offense. Be selfless and remain humble. All right. God's been very clear to me about that. So may God bless us all, everyone that we love and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. Aloha and adios.